Good afternoon. Welcome to worship. Uh, a short time ago, our church was at a crossroads. Our beloved senior pastor, Dr. Gaddy, had announced that he was retiring. We had loved him and his leadership for so long that we could barely imagine ourselves with a new pastor. Northminster began a time of exodus, of exploring, praying, and discerning who we were as a congregation and who we should seek to guide us into the future. And just as the Israelites took joy in their new land after their exodus, Northminster takes joy in our new co-pastors after ours. Today we celebrate Zach and Claire as they are officially installed as the co-pastors of Northminster Church. Please stand for the call of worship. This is the day our God has made. This is the day we open our hearts to new pastors and a new chapter of ministry. This is the day we celebrate what God has done with us for the past 30 years and will continue to do with us into the future. This is the day we recognize that God is still at work making all things new. Let us rejoice and be glad in it.
hear this reading from the letter to the Ephesians. The gifts he gave were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until all of us come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. We must no longer be children, tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by every ligament with which is equipped, as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. This is one of our sacred stories. Well, good afternoon. Uh, my name is Jason Smith, and I represent the Alliance of Baptists, a group of 140 Baptist congregations across the country. And on behalf of the Alliance of Baptists, on behalf of our president, Reverend uh, Michael Ray Matthews, I want to extend uh, congratulations to Northminster Church and a blessing on Zach and Claire in your ministry here at Northminster. Zach, I remember a few years ago meeting you and Kendall in, was it a sandwich shop in Waco? I can't remember what it was. Claire, we didn't meet at the time. But what I remember grasping at that moment was that Claire, you and Zach both were ministers who had the courage to say yes. To say yes in a church context that seems to be saying no, 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 you're not welcome here. No, you can't talk about that issue. No, we don't read the Bible that way. As Mahan Siler, one of the Alliance's founders, reminds us, the Alliance of Baptists has tried to unswervingly affirm and acknowledge and say yes to so many people, so many movements, so many projects in our history. Before other Baptist groups were there, before other groups were there, we said yes to ordaining women. Yes to learning from and embracing the LGBTQ community. Yes to a larger ecumenical and interfaith networks. And so, Claire and Zach, I do ask God's blessing on your lives and your ministry here in this place. May you live into the affirmation of the words of the prophet Micah. God has told you, O mortal, uh, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with God. It's on your church bulletin, also as a reminder for you. Claire and Zach, as the Alliance offers its blessing to you and your leadership here at Northminster, we pledge our support as a partner and share our gratitude with you and with this congregation. So I urge you to say yes to doing justice, yes to loving kindness, yes to walking humbly with God. Peace be with you, and peace be with you, Northminster. Good afternoon. I'm Mike Rimes. I'm past president of Congregation B'nai Israel. 
On behalf of Congregation B'nai Israel and Rabbi Judy Ginsburg, greetings to the Congregation of Northminster Church, guests Reverend Gaddy and Reverend Claire and Zachary Helton. The association of our congregation in Northminster goes back a long time. When Northminster first formed, services were held at our synagogue for several years on Sundays when our building is usually not in use. Maybe God had a plan when he gave different groups different Sabbaths. <laughs> Who knows? And, and we will never forget the use of your sanctuary one very hot Yom Kippur when our air conditioning went out. You have been there for us, and we hope we have been there for you. Over the years, our congregation have joined in joyous events like today and in sorrowful events like September 11, 2001 and most re recently in memory of the victims at Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh. But there has always been more joy than sorrow. Today, we take great joy to welcome Reverends Claire and Zachary Helton to our community. As they begin their ministry, we ask God's blessings for them. May their ministry be blessed with great learning and great teaching. May their ministry be blessed with peace and the brotherhood and sisterhood of all those who seek God's doctrines. May their ministry be blessed with the work of tikkun olam, the, the repair of a broken world. And most of all, may, may they be personally blessed with great joy and great happiness. Thank you. I'm George Wortham from New Iona Presbyterian Church. I'm thankful that you've given me a new title in this bulletin. I'm now the senior pastor at my church. <laughs> I was the only one. <laughs> now I'm the senior one. All right. <laughs> Look what I got out of this meeting. <laughs> Zach and Claire, on behalf of my congregation of New Iona Presbyterian Church, I welcome you to ministry in North Louisiana. In my ministry, I've had the opportunity to live in Scotland and in Chile and South America. But coming to North Louisiana was the greatest culture shock of my life. <laughs> After decades of living here, there are days when I still wonder what planet I'm on. <laughs> yes, the challenges are great here, but that means that ministry can also be relevant and rewarding here. We pray God's blessing upon you both as you begin God's work in this place. We hold you and this congregation in our prayers as you face the challenges of our times. And remember that you have friends across the river in West Monroe. I'm going to close with the words of Philip Newell, a blessing. <coughs> the blessings of heaven, the blessings of earth, the blessings of sea and sky on those we love this day and on every human family. The gifts of heaven, the gifts of earth, the gifts of sea and sky be with you. Serving on the pastor search committee was an honor, and it was a serious responsibility. At the beginning of each of our very many sessions, either Craig or Patty lit a candle to remind us that we were not alone in this task. And the light from the candle represented the presence of the Holy Spirit. I appreciated the symbolism, but I must admit I really doubted it would have much effect on the process. However, as we neared the end of our search, I came to realize <clears throat> that a force greater than all of us combined was at work. For this group, 
of diverse and strong-willed people <laughs> to come to the same conclusions individually and to vote unanimously without question to call Zach and Claire to be our co-pastors was nothing short of divine intervention. We could feel their energy. We appreciated their authenticity. We acknowledged their intelligence. We enjoyed their sense of humor and their insight. And we loved that there were two of them. Because not only did we have both of them, they would also have each other for comfort and for support. So on behalf of the Pastor Search Committee, I would like to offer this blessing, Zach and Claire. May your energy revitalize us as a congregation. May your authenticity remind us to be our best and most honest selves. May your sense of humor help us not to take ourselves too seriously. May your intellect provide us with inspirational sermons. And may the, may the fact that you are a committed couple remind us the importance of loving relationships. God bless both of you, and God bless Northminster Church. The installation of new ministers in a church is comprised of two components. Both are important. Ministers don't unite with a new congregation to be church for the people there. No, ministers accept a call to serve in a new congregation, to provide education, care, biblical truths, important questions, critical guidance, leadership, and holistic worship. Remember, these two people are the pastors we called, not employees we hired. On this special occasion, our congregation needs to resolve to walk alongside Claire and Zach, strengthening the church together and assuring that the church is really a church. I urge you to love these two people and care for them and their family with the same faithfulness as you expect them to love and care for you. Claire and Zach, you have blessed us by coming here to share with us your knowledge, extraordinary talents, insights, visions, morals, theology, spiritual disciplines, care, and meaningful worship. Reciprocally, we want to bless you. May God bless you and we support you with blessings. As you minister to this congregation and bring good news to this community, living always as true to who you are. My friends and fellow ministers, Blessings on you as you struggle to find time to prepare a sermon when the time for sermons seems to come more than once a week. <laughs> to see what we don't see and hear what we've not heard. To embrace the courage to speak truth to us, knowing that not all of us will like what you say even when you're sharing words drawn from Holy Scriptures, to find time to laugh healthily 
even during weeks when you have ministered to hurting people whose tears are still damp on your shoulders, to feel no fear of saying, I don't know, or I can't always explain God's ways, and to never feel married to the church, no matter how much you're committed to the church. A foundational Hasidic story tells us about the Baal Shem Tov, who in times of crisis would go to a special place in the woods, light a fire, and utter specific words of prayer that would move God's heart to rescue the community from danger. In the next generation, his successor would go to that place, light the fire, and proclaim, I know the place and I can light the fire, but I don't know the specific words of prayer. It will have to be enough. And it was. In the third generation, the rabbi would go to the place and say, I know the place, but I don't know how to light the fire and I don't know the specific words of prayer, but it will have to be enough. And it was. Finally, in the fourth generation, the rabbi would say, I don't know the special place in the woods. I don't know how to light the fire. I don't know the specific words of prayer, but I can tell the story. And the story will have to be enough. And it was. Claire and Zach, it's different today with you here. I know you too. You can tell the story. But not all is lost. Not anything is lost. You also know the place of holiness. You have seen the light of the fire. You know the specific words of prayer. How blessed we are. You're in the right place. This is your time here. Your time to tell stories old and new, stories that are sensitively comforting, sometimes life-alteringly prophetic, redundantly saving, stories that always resonate with faith, hope, and yes, by all means, with love. Bless you, Claire. Bless you, Zachary. Bless you. Amen.
Thank you for welcoming me into your pulpit today. My name is Kendall Rothis. I am the senior pastor of Lakeshore Baptist Church in Waco, Texas. We are the ones you stole Zach and Claire from. <laughs> I'm only holding a small grudge. Um, but in all seriousness, Zach and Claire have been very dear to me and to my ministry, and it has warmed my heart to be here with you today and see that you love them as well. Will you please join me in a reading from the book of Acts, chapter 2. I'm going to begin here in verse 1. When Pentecost Day arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound from heaven, like the howling of a fierce wind, filled the entire house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be individual flames of fire alighting on each one of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. There were pious Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. When they heard the sound, a crowd gathered. They were mystified because everyone heard them speaking in their native languages. They were surprised and amazed, saying, Look, aren't all the people who are speaking Galileans, every one of them? How then can each of us hear them speaking in our native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, as well as residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the regions of Libya, bordering Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans, and Arabs, we all hear them declaring the mighty works of God in our own languages. They were all surprised and bewildered. Some asked, what does this mean? Others jeered at them, saying, they're full of new wine. Peter stood with the, of the other eleven apostles. He raised his voice and declared, Judeans and everyone living in Jerusalem know this. Listen carefully to my words. These people aren't drunk, as you suspect. After all, it's only nine o'clock in the morning. Rather, this is what was spoken to you through the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young will see visions, your elders will dream dreams. Even upon my servants, men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will cause wonders to occur in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. In blood and fire and a cloud of smoke, the sun will be changed into darkness and the moon will be changed into blood before the great and spectacular day that the Lord comes. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is one of our sacred stories. Thanks be to God. So I know that the selected passage for today is Acts chapter 2, which I just read. But I actually want to start with a story from the book of Numbers. It's one of the other lectionary readings on the actual day of Pentecost, and I just really like it. It's sort of like a precursor to the actual events of Pentecost. Now you may already be super familiar with the book of Numbers chapter 11. <laughs> but just in case you're not... Here's what happens. Moses gathers up 70 elders around the tent of meeting, and suddenly the Spirit rests upon them, and they all prophesy. 
Sounds a little familiar, right? But here's the kicker. There were two other men, Eldad and Medad, great names, who don't make it to the special tent where God's presence was known to dwell. Instead, they are still back at camp among the people. But it turns out God's spirit falls upon them as well, and they too prophesy. This totally freaks out Joshua, Moses' little assistant. And he goes running up to Moses to tattle. He says, and I quote, Moses, my Lord, stop them. I mean, can you imagine something as horrible as unsupervised, unauthorized by Moses out among the ordinary people prophesying? Yikes. But Moses replies in this way. Are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. And as calmly as that, he returns to camp with the 70 elders And the story ends. I was preaching this very story one year on Pentecost, and a visiting family stood up and walked out. I got an email later that day from the father and the family explaining that if I would just read my Bible, I would know that women should not be preaching to men. (laughs) I sort of thought I had been preaching from the Bible all along. I'll admit I sort of enjoy the irony of someone walking out on my preaching on Pentecost Sunday. On a day I quoted Moses himself, I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets. I love this story from Numbers because it's a beautiful reminder that Pentecost isn't exactly a new thing for God. God has been using unexpected voices all along. The Spirit has been falling upon all sorts of people for always. What is new at Pentecost, I suppose, is the breadth and scope and power of the Spirit's movement through the people. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. It's like Moses' wish coming true. Acts 2 is a fitting text for an installation service because this moment is not just a blessing of the Spirit's movement in Zach and Claire an affirmation of their call and a charge to them to pastor you well. It is a reaffirmation of your call to be church and a charge for you to keep up the gospel work. The Spirit has landed upon all of you, and together you will be prophets who speak the truth of God's love to the world. It's a joint endeavor. Now you would think that by now, The great wordsmiths of the church would have come up with a better name for this sort of event than installation. (laughs) Installation sounds so cold and mechanical. I think you install a microwave, but not a pastor, or in your case, pastors. We know from the biblical account there is nothing cold or mechanical about the movement of God's spirit. There is no step-by-step instruction booklet on how to install your pastor, or how to troubleshoot when the pastor malfunctions. (laughs) So good luck. (laughs) Likewise, there is no step-by-step instruction book for the pastor for how to do this work with machine-like precision, no secret manual for how to read the congregation's mind 
anticipate all their needs and meet all their expectations. I remember during my first pastorate in San Antonio, I was a few weeks in when someone in the congregation finally informed me in the parking lot that the previous pastor had parked over there. just a few slots away from where I had been parking. This was no big deal, I thought. Why are you even telling me that? But then multiple people pointed this out to me. So I started to think, perhaps it was a deal. See, the previous pastor had parked in this slot that wasn't like actually a slot. It wasn't marked as a parking spot. And the best I could figure, people had decided it was like a show of pastoral humility to park in a non-slot parking slot and leave the slotted spots for everybody else. (laughs) Even though there were plenty of marked spots and we weren't running out of room. And so I had to make a crucial pastoral decision. (laughs) Did I start parking where the previous pastor had parked and thus fulfill the congregation's expectations of me and keep them happy? Or did I use this parking spot debacle to assert my individuality and let them know that I was someone new. But they really could trust me, no matter where I chose to park my car. (laughs) There is no guidebook for how to adjust to new pastors and new congregations. This means that inevitably, the installing of new pastors is far more messy than it is measured more Pentecost explosion than easy transition. Let's be honest. It's an exciting time in the life of your congregation, but it can also be an anxiety-producing one. What if things change? What if God is up to something new? What if the Spirit lands on you? Or worse, what if the spirit lands on someone else whose ideas are different than yours? Sometimes our anxiety is so high we get worked up like things, about things like parking spots. And inevitably we disappoint one another. Other times the stakes are higher and the differences we bring to the table have a much bigger impact on the future of the church. So here is my invitation to you. Don't be a Joshua. Don't go running around trying to shut down the uprising of the spirit in new places and among new people. When your anxiety rises, slow down, take a deep breath, and open your heart to the possibility that God could be at work. Zach and Claire, do not forget that this pastor gig doesn't mean you corner the market on the Holy Spirit's movement. I know that you know that, But I am just reminding you to look for God's spirit at work in all your people. Honor the spirit of Christ alive in each person. And help each person know they are worthy and wanted by God. Also, this is super important for all of you. Communicate. Don't walk around with a bunch of unacknowledged, unexamined expectations. Because that is setting yourself up for disappointment. In a way, I'm sort of glad my congregation in San Antonio let me know about this parking spot thing. 
In the end, I opted not to switch my parking spot because I decided that was a small expectation and I ought to let the congregation practice letting go. <laughs> but I was glad they told me so that I would know. Otherwise, I would just go around offending people with my parking choices without having a clue. <laughs> Communication is key. And even in a space where everyone knows English, you'll find out pretty quick that doesn't mean you always speak the same language. You must, must make room for the Spirit to help you with translation. I've often wondered whether the miracle of Pentecost was one of speaking or one of hearing. Was it that the disciples magically spoke in languages they didn't know? Or was it that they spoke in their own language, but the people's ears magically heard it in their own language? Do you see the difference? I think in order for the church to work, you've got to be open to both. Dear God, please help me to speak in a way that my neighbor can understand despite our differences. Dear God, please help me to hear my neighbor and what she is really trying to say despite our differences. Help me to hear her heart. Now, some of the crowd at Pentecost dismissed the cacophony of languages, saying about the disciples, eh, they must be drunk. This is humorous, but ultimately tragic. They missed out on God's spirit, they missed out on the miracle, and ultimately they missed out on what it means to be church with one another, where various voices and languages are spoken all in service to the one God of love. So I pray that no matter how strange you may at times sound to one another's ears, you will not dismiss one another. Don't be a Joshua. Be a Moses. Welcome every voice. Be a disciple with the ears to listen and the eyes to see when a prophet stands among you, no matter how young, no matter how old. I pray for you, Pentecost ears. I pray for you that no matter who you are, you would have the confidence to know you are God's priest in this world. Don't be a Joshua. Be an Eldad. Be a Medad. Walk through camp that is your community with the courage to speak God's love into being. I pray for you, Pentecost lips. Northminster Church, I haven't had the pleasure of getting to know you, but I have been given the gift of knowing Zach and Claire. And I want to tell you that I trust them deeply. And I hope you will come to trust them too. They are real, they are honest, they are caring, they are sincere. They want to do right by you and they want to do right in God's sight. Help them, okay? Be good to them, give grace to them, speak honestly with them, communicate with them, love them, and let them love you. Zach and Claire, I do know you a bit, and I want to tell you that I trust you. But more than that, God trusts you. God has given you this little spot on earth to help nurture, 
to help guide, to help grow. You will at many times feel ill-equipped and underprepared. Love God's people anyway. Don't rely too heavily on your own wisdom or insight. Remember to trust God. Trust God with this church. Don't try to force them to conform to your will, which, by the way, never works. Instead, inspire them to be open to the Spirit. In order to do so, you must be open yourself, and you must stay open, always and forever receptive to the new winds of the Spirit. Zach, Claire, Northminster Church, may you hear the voice of God in one another for years to come. Amen.
As we put down a marker at this milestone for our church, we offer these symbols as a means of illustrating the meaning of this occasion. And Claire and Zach, if you would stand uh, and receive these, uh, these symbols, please. Water. Throughout our history, water has been a symbol of new beginnings. From the chaotic waters of creation to the parting of the Red Sea on the path to freedom, crossing the River Jordan into the land of promise, and baptizing in its flow centuries later, the waters are a part of our story. May you find your place in that flow and carry this congregation along with you. Candle. Christ is the light of the world. We are the light of the world. The church in its most faithful incarnation stands as a beacon on the hillside, reflecting the light of truth and love into our world. May the light of Christ illuminate your path as you lead. May you reflect that light in your own being. And may you equip us as a congregation to do the same. The people of our partner church in Cuba, Iglesia Bautista in Manuel, with love present you with Los Proclameros, the Proclaimers. These are symbols of proclamation of the good news. These small statues were fashioned by artisans in Segriabla from ordinary silver dinner forks into these wonderful works of art. May you proclaim boldly and with love. Finally, Claire and Zach, we present you with these unique stoles as symbols of your taking on the mantle of being our pastors. You will see that they are emblazoned with Northminster's mission statement, the exhortation from Micah to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with God. The stoles were prepared, designed, painted, and sewn in Vermont by the owner of Clapping Tree Stoles. That's another story I'll tell some other time. <laughs> Each, it's a great quote from Isaiah. Each stole is made from recycled burlap coffee back sacks, one from Brazil and the other from Colombia. When sending the stoles, the maker wrote that she had chosen burlap from different countries so that we would be connected to as many hands as possible. The mantle is yours. Take it proudly, but with humility. Now let us pray. God of hope, as the people of Northminster Church, we offer this prayer of hope for our co-pastors, Claire and Zachary Helton. May they find here a place to call home. May they be blessed and have a fulfilling spiritual time at Northminster. May they come to love us as we already love them. May they love and enjoy North Louisiana as we do. May they have the tongues of prophets and the hearts of servants. May they seek to follow Jesus and help to show us the way. 
May they be visionaries with faith and proclaiming action. May they give and receive blessings of love, hope, joy, peace, and acceptance during this journey. May they care for themselves so that they remain physically, emotionally, and spiritually healthy. May they love and take good care of their precious sons, James and Peter. May they enjoy the sharing of love and true community. May they feel the love of Jesus as we travel these roads together to make this world a better place. May they find a sustaining love. May they live long and prosper. God of hope, we offer this prayer of hope in the name of the hope of the world, Jesus the Christ. May it be so. Amen. please join me in this new covenant with Zach and Claire. Zach and Claire, do you accept this call to pastor Northminster Church and commit yourselves to equipping these saints for the ministry of embodying God's love in the world? By God's grace, we do. Do you accept the call to walk alongside them as shepherds through joy and sorrow, remembering all the while you are also a sheep in God's pasture. By God's grace, we do. Northminster Church, do you commission Zach and Claire to be your pastors, committing to trust them as people of integrity and ability for this task? Do you commit to journey with them in discerning the continuing mission and identity of this church? Will you commit to support them and their family with respect and prayer, caring for them as fellow members of this body? This moment marks the beginning of a new season in the lives of these pastors and the story of this congregation. So with joyful and hopeful spirits, let us consecrate this installation with the ancient tradition of laying on of hands. During this time, Zach and Claire will be seated at the front, and you are invited to come through in a line to speak a word of blessing on them for this new season.
you pray with me? May we have the grace to lean into this day. May our roots go deep into the present moment and drink deeply from the wells of gratitude and hope. We pause to close this service in gratitude. We are so grateful that our stories have intersected with the story of Northminster and with that great story of your people loving a new world into being. It could have been otherwise, but this is what is, and we are so grateful. We pause to close this service in hope, a hope born of all this community has known together, a hope that draws us forward into a future characterized by love, inclusion, and justice. We pray for grace to trust in this hope, and for the courage to follow where it leads. Amen. Amen.
Receive now this benediction. May the peace of the Lord Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. Go in peace. Amen. <laughs>